Welcome to Real Estate Hustlers Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Appleman, founder and CEO of Equity Group and Appleman Properties. Today, we're joined with Eric Chatterdon. Eric excels in multifamily property investments, managing $153 million in assets and 1,300-plus units. A best-selling author and industry expert, shares his insights through educational programs and workshops, and is eagerly connected, connecting with other fellow operators. Eric, we appreciate you taking the time to come on and share with us today. If you could just let everyone out there know a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Just, you know, pour whatever value I can into uh, the audience. So, but yeah, I'll tell a little bit about me and kind of start. And uh, so, yeah, so guys, uh, once again, my name is Eric Chatterton. Uh, I'm with Gibby's Capital Investments. I'm one of the co-founders and managing partners for them. Uh, founded the company back in 2020. And we've just kind of been off to the races since then. Um, but yeah, I kind of grew up in and around real estate. My parents, they had both single family and multifamily homes. They had probably 10 to 12 single family and then two small multifamily buildings as well. Um, you know, I always saw that they were succeeding and killing it, but I saw a single flaw in the way that they were doing it. And it's because they were self-managing everything. They self-managed all their single families and both the multifamily buildings as well, which is a 26 unit and a 42. And so wow. that kept them, yeah, it just kept them really, really busy. And as much success as they saw, you know, I mean, my parents are in their 60s and I was just seeing them work 15, 16 hour days. And, you know, it was just killing me seeing them work so hard. I knew there was a better way. And that's when I sought out multifamily and syndication and, and so I knew I wanted to show them that there was a better way to do it. So I went and jumped into an education program, a mastermind group called the Multifamily Mindset um, with Tyler Devereaux and Ryan Woolley. So shout out to those guys. They taught me a ton about this business and you know, helped open doors for me to get me where I am today. And I, I think it's just crucial. You know, starting out, there's a lot of unknowns. These are you know, unknown waters. You don't know if you'll succeed. You don't know when that first deal will come. Um, but I can tell you guys this that are listening, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And if you just keep pushing, I am a firm believer that the only time you lose in this business is if you quit. And yeah. if you just keep surrounding yourself with people that do this business and actively do it and do it at a high level, eventually the deals will come or relationships will be made that can open doors for you to, you know, potentially get in your first deal. And, you know, it, it took me seven months to get my very first deal from the point I jumped in. And so, it wasn't an easy road. So if, you know, some of you guys have started, you know, your journey and it's been two months, three months, six months, a year, I promise just don't give up, keep pushing and force yourself to stay involved in this business because it can be truly life-changing. It's changed my life a ton. And, you know, like I said, it took seven months to get my first deal. My first deal was a 224 unit multifamily building in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I learned a ton from it. I was a small percent owner in that deal, but I was with a sponsor team that taught me a ton. And from that first deal, you know, they say there's a law of the first deal, right? Once you get the first one, there's yeah. credibility with brokers, investors, lenders, all the above. So, and, and that couldn't have been, you know, more accurate for me. So once we got on our, our first deal closed, kid you not, 10 days later, we got an LOI accepted on our second deal, which was another 144 units in yeah. Houston. That's incredible. What, um, so you found the first deal. What, what got your place at the seat of the table um, for that first deal? So you, you surround yourself with people that were, have already been there, done it. How, what, what did you add value to in that, in that transaction? 
Yeah. And, and I love that you said that, Josh, because when I first started, I, you know, it takes time to build your foundation of your own company when you're starting. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of pieces of the business. And so I kind of shifted my focus from, you know, building my own program from the ground up to just trying to find a way to add value to other people. And that's exactly what you just asked is what value did you add? And so on that specific deal, there was a couple points of value that I brought to the table on that one. And so the first one was they, the operators on that deal, they had a two and a half million dollar investor back out about a week before closing. Um, wow. And so they had a gap and they had already used extensions. There was kind of a crunch time. And thankfully I had already been raising capital from fr family, friends, coworkers, uh, other business professionals that I knew. And so I had about 3 million of soft commitments, um, just kind of waiting to, you know, waiting that I had built credibility and trust with over the first seven months. And, and I didn't just, you know, have them on deck. I was actually nourishing those relationships throughout the entire first seven months because, you know, I wanted them ready to go when I did have an opportunity and working with a more experienced team, it, it gave me a lot of peace of mind. You know, I didn't still quite know everything I was doing on that first deal. Um, I came in literally last minute and I was able to fill that two, $2.5 million void within that week. Um, and that's what got my foot in the door. And then also the deal was in Dallas Tech or Fort Worth. I lived in Dallas at the time. And so the operators on it, they lived in Maui and Orlando. So I was also another point of boots on the ground for them locally. And, you know, I, I wasn't technically the asset manager, but all I wanted to do was add value. So I offered all my help that I could for free, you know, hey, don't pay me, don't compensate me. I just want to get knowledge and exposure in the business. And so just put me to work, man. Honestly, just put me to work so I can get some experience. And they did. And so I, I learned a lot about even the asset management side of that business. I was going to the property a couple times a week, um, you know, and, and just to get as much exposure as they could. And, and that, that right there, because I was willing to add value and they, they tried to compensate me. They did. And I, I told them, no, I just want to add some value to you and help out your business. And that one deal led to doing four more deals with them. Nice. And so, yeah. Uh, that's a, and that kind of goes to a, a, the segue where, where the, when you're starting out, you feel like you need to do everything, <clears throat> excuse me, on your own. You need to uh, find a property. You need to get the, the, the debt on the property. You need to come up with the, the equity, the down payment. With uh, doing these large deals, a lot of people starting out, they don't understand, I guess they, they haven't discovered yet that it's, it's a team effort. You, you have a team that pulls together to get these large deals taken down. And it's a concept of own a little of a lot. <clears throat> Can you go into the importance of partnership and, and those relationships to bring a deal uh, to the closing table? Yeah, absolutely. Because partnerships have been what would have gotten us to where we are today. You know, we now can sponsor deals for ourselves um, on our last two. You know, like you mentioned in the introduction, we're not, we've now closed on eight properties, uh, 1,328 units and a little over 153 million of assets under management. But we have another one, a ninth one under contract right now, another 102 units in Houston. So our eighth and ninth deal are the first two that we're sponsoring completely doing A to Z just with our own team. So what that means is the first seven deals that we did, we partnered up with different, different groups to tackle them. And there's just, there's a, especially with the larger ones, the hundred plus 75 plus, 
you know, the, the, sometimes those are heavy lifts as far as the capital raise goes, um, acquisitions process, a lot of moving parts. So, you know, those, I, I really focused on relationships. I think it's so much of a relationship business versus even a real estate business. Um, obviously the knowledge of the real estate and multifamily is, is key, but really relationships of what is what has opened a lot of doors for me. And I really have gotten, I, I propelled myself in a certain direction because I was willing to take haircuts on our percentages to gain experience and credibility. And, you know, it, it also, like I said before, it gave me peace of mind with all of my investor base that I had built, that we had very experienced operators on our team for the first, you know, five, six deals. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's a huge piece is just um, having the, the experience and you can, you can, compound off their experience to buy larger deals. And then now you're, you're the, uh, the main sponsor on uh, here, probably moving forward. And if you want to do a, a massive deal, you bring in, bring in those guys and they're more than happy to join because multifamily, you've got economies of scale. And if you've got uh, the mastermind of everyone in the group and the syndication or the general partnership, uh, bringing that experience, it's um, the business succeeds. Um, so with the uh, the economy, the market that uh, that we're in right now, the debt markets have changed, capital markets. Um, how are you all underwriting your deals, and what what are some conservative approaches that you all are taking? Yeah, I, th th this has been probably one of the tougher parts as of late. You know, you know, there's no there's no hiding the fact that interest rates have hiked a ton in the last twelve months. Um, it's definitely changed the way we underwrite our deals. We're just taking a very conservative approach. And I know everybody says that, but, you know, we're, we're taking an extra leap of, you know, being conservative right now. And the good thing for us in our business, we, we do have a unique problem. You know, we are local to Houston, Texas. And so we're very active in both Dallas, Fort Worth and Houston because we live here. Um, and so we've got, we've built and nourished a lot of broker relationships. So we have off market deals coming to us every single week. We've got more deal flow than we can really even handle. And so a lot of our concept is, hey, instead of saying no to a deal, let's, you know, let's partner up, let's bring more people in and do more deals together. And, uh, and so as far as, you know, answering your question goes, with that deal flow, really, we're focusing on being extra selective right now. Um, if the numbers don't make sense, we're not forcing it at all. We're not fitting a, you know, a square peg into a round hole. And so we're, we're just trying to be very selective and with the deal flow that we have, we can kind of pick those diamonds in the rough, if you will. Um, but like I said, we're not forcing it at all. When we first started this business, especially out here in Texas, we were underwriting our insurance at four to $600 a unit. Um, things changed pretty quick. Then there was a big freeze in Texas, maybe a year and a half ago, two years or so. And that changed our underwriting. Things went up for insurance wise to, you know, a thousand to $1,200 a unit. And even with our deal right now that we have under contract and we're raising for, um, you know, we, we wanted to be conservative once again. And in Texas, in Florida, you know, insurance is through the roof. And so to be even as more conservative as we can, we underwrote insurance for that deal at $2,400 a unit, $2,400. And so in the numbers do, yeah, and they still make sense. We're getting, now we're getting our quotes back for between 1,900 and 2,000. So now we have a big buffer there that benefits us as far as our business plan goes. Do you think that cost is going to come down in the in the future or, or is it there to stay? I think it'll come down, but I, I don't know about how much, but 
I mean, we're, we're hoping it does because it's definitely been probably one of the number one deal killers as we're underwriting these deals. Um, but you have to get tricky with it. You have to get strategic. And, you know, sometimes, you know, there's policies you can assume. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes you can utilize some sort of umbrella policy. Um, and so just have to get a little creative. And I think that's the fun of it for me because I don't have the answers to everything. And I love waking up and having to search for those answers or find them because every opportunity that, you know, I have where I don't know something, it presents an opportunity for me to go get better and more knowledge. And put that into perspective. We just got a quote back on a property here in the Midwest um, in Dayton, Ohio. We're at $189 per unit for insurance. So we, <laughs> we are uh, oh my world, gosh. worlds apart. And it's still, oh, it just goes to show it's, it's, it's um, just where you are in the, uh, in the country. And um, however, these, uh, the underwriters look at risk, I guess. Um, and, and I, I guess the storms and, uh, and, and of course they, they try to subsidize their cost off of, uh, you know, other properties too, to make up the losses, but man, that's, uh, that's huge. Um, it's a bit, yeah, it's big. It definitely has affected some of the, there's been deals we really, really wanted that get ruined by that and you know some of our insurance quotes so absolutely so the um your company gibby's capital uh what would you say sets your your firm apart from other multifamily firms you know i and and it's really hard to speak on what sets us apart you know there's a lot of great operators out there and i always encourage people you know even our own investors as much as you want to protect them and, and keep them with you you know if timing's not right or the deal's not right and they still need an investment opportunity, you better believe I'm still going to add value and point them in the direction of someone else that can take care of them. You know, I always want to take care of them first, but if we don't have an opportunity that makes sense, then I 100% will refer to people that I know, trust, know, and trust. And so, um, but yeah, as far as where, you know, you know, Gibby's is, and uh, can you repeat that? What was that question? As far as Gibby's, because just an, as an operator, as a company, just what sets your all's company apart from the rest? There, there's oh, right. always the, uh, the hidden gem that, um, that don't yeah. necessarily get out there too much. I think, and, and I also passively invest in all of our own deals and also other operators' deals as well. And, um, you know, I, I do that for a couple of reasons. One, I, I really want to understand how other operators communicate with their investors so I can take what I like or what I don't like and implement it in our own strategy. Um, and, and, you know, there's operators that I've invested with where I'll shoot them a text or an email or phone call, and I don't hear back for two, three weeks. And so for us, I would say number one is communication. Yeah. I am extremely responsive, uh, usually within the hour, if, if not even quicker, to any investor text, phone call, email. I, I, I think that's huge. Even if there's bad things going on or not the best news, like I, I still feel like investors deserve to be in the know. And so a lot of them will appreciate the transparency versus just, you know, kind of blowing some smoke up, you know, the behind there. But I think, uh, I think communication is huge. Uh, timely distributions, timely K1s, timely monthly reporting and newsletters, and all of those things are really, really big. So I focus a ton on that. Um, we've got a team that of investor relations specialists that we, we've got two others plus myself. And so whether it's me that's getting back to them or someone on our team, we're, we're always very timely about it. And the second factor I would tell you that makes us unique is that we're a family operation. Okay. You know, I, I started this business by myself, um, but I realized really quick that there was way too many hats to wear and I needed help if I wanted to do this and do it the right way. 
I've been an entrepreneur my whole life and I've had a few other businesses and in every business that I've had, every single one, I kid you not, I kept hitting the ceiling. You know, we'd see success, we'd see success, but I couldn't ever break past this certain barrier. And it was that barrier to get to the point where you can scale and take the business to the next level. And I always had to have my hand in every decision and everything. And that's exhausting and it's not sustainable. And so I was grateful to, you know, expand and actually have a team where I could, that I could count on. And what I did is it's actually funny. I I didn't mean to bring my in-laws in as my business partners, but uh, I was frying a turkey in November, 2020. And I was just telling my, my wife's parents and keep in mind at the time, this was my girlfriend's parents. We were not engaged. We, we were not engaged. Of course we knew we were trending in that direction. Um, but I was just frying a Turkey and I was just telling them about my new business and I was just excited about it. So I didn't mean to recruit them if you will, but as I was explaining it to them, you know, Brett and Megan, they were, they were like, Eric, man, that sounds awesome. In fact, that sounds so awesome. We should be your partners. And wow. I was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I was, na- naturally, I was really, really hesitant. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is like, for me, family comes first. And as I mentioned before, you know, some of you guys listening, these were unknown waters for me back then. And I didn't know if this was going to take off, if we were going to succeed. I didn't know anything about the business. I was just learning. And I didn't want anything to get in the way of our family and yeah. my relationship with their daughter. And so I was hesitant to bring them in. I made it very clear from the beginning that, you know, our family comes first, but let's test the waters. And it actually turned out to be the biggest blessing in the world. So my partner's names are Brett and Megan Davenport. Um, now I am married to their daughter. So things worked out. Um, yeah, very good. Yeah. And so it I brought my in-laws. <laughs> it did. It did. And now they know I can take care of their daughter and things are good moving forwards. But so I brought them in as my two partners on our company. And then since then I have expanded, but my, I, I mentioned my parents earlier. So my parents sold all their assets in Oregon and since then have redeployed a ton of capital into my deals as passive investors. Um, but also it, my goal was to help retire them. So we did, we, I retired them. They moved out to Houston, Texas, where I live right now. So it's the first time I get to live by my, my parents in 14 years, um, which is amazing. But then my dad, he got bored of retirement and you know, he wanted in on the action. And so he did self-managed properties for 35 years. And I was like, you know what? If you're bored, we could totally put you to work on one of, on our asset management team. So now he helps out part-time with us on our asset management side of it. Uh, that's huge. It's, um, and, you know, family, family absolutely is first. It's, uh, you hold down the fort and uh, to be able to have everyone kind of deployed into the business, it's, um, that could be the, the, the driving force of growth too, just on, um, you've got your checks and balances and, um, you know, everyone works in harmony. It works out great for everyone. That's um, I like hearing that. That's, that's huge, and that's that's a differentiating factor of Gibby's Capital, right there. That's uh, that's what makes you all unique, and um, it, it might give you just the secret sauce for uh, rapid expansion. Um, very cool. The uh, I want to touch on your book real quick. Your book, All In, it's a bestseller. Uh, what inspired you to write it, and what can readers expect to learn from it? Yeah, it is an incredible book. And I, and I first off will preface it saying I can't take all the credit. I am just a co-author in that book. 
but there, I definitely recommend it because there are the other co-authors in it. I think there's 10 of them. So we each took a chapter and it became a USA Today, Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. And um, it, it's just the whole concept of going all in. And it's really difficult. You know, we talked about unknown waters before, but it's really difficult to just go all in with things. And so that book is just a compilation of some seven figure earners, seven and eight figure earners and how going all in has benefited their life and just the feelings that they had and that we had when we did go all in with, you know, whatever our endeavors were. And so it's not just a book of mine. I encourage people to read it because some of the other co-authors are incredible people, very successful, successful entrepreneurs. And the, the concept of it was to, you know, help people to realize that they're not alone in something new and that going all in is worth it. And all of the most successful people that I know have had to have that, you know, that moment in their life, right? That defining moment where they had to either choose to go all in or choose to be one foot in, one foot out, or choose to go the opposite way. And it's not an easy decision. It's typically scary um, and uncomfortable. But personally, I believe that the most growth happens when we push ourselves out of our comfort zone. And so it's a great book. And, you know, there's, it, it was pretty cool, but I, there's a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yeah. And, you know, I've read it. I love it. He's a beast, man. Yeah. He's a beast. And it was pretty neat in that week when it became the bestsellers, we saw our book jump past his and I was just mind blown by that. It was pretty cool to see the traction and the interest in the book. So it caught us off guard with how much it did move, but um, we're grateful for it. So. Absolutely. It's, um, well, and, and it kind of having, having 10 different uh, authors, 10 or so, I mean, it gives you different perspectives on, on different uh, areas that, that everyone excels in too. So it's, um, and I like the fact that you, that you look at other companies and what they're doing and take away the good things of, of what they are doing and deploy them into your company. Cause that's, that's important. Mimicking other successful companies and maybe workflows and things. It, it's important to take those away and give the customer the, the best, the best service as possible. And you know, there's no sense in going out there and trying to reinvent things when it's already been proven by someone else. So um, 100%. Um, lastly, uh, how can an, an individual interested in partnering with you or investing in Giddy's Capital connect with you or your team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am always open. You know, we're, we're at a point in our business where, you know, we're obviously, you know, busy doing deals, but I always carve out time to meet with potential investors or other operators. Um, I, I would definitely recommend just going to our website, www.gibbyscapital.com. That's G-I-V-B-Y-S capital.com. From there, you can learn more about us, our team, our model, our entire structure. And then on there too, there's more info about you know who we are and our contact information as well. So I think I have my calendar on there so you can book a meeting on my calendar as well. Perfect. All right. Eric, we definitely appreciate you coming on today and uh, definitely look forward to your journey and, and uh, just seeing how far you all take it. It's huge. Uh, look, uh, everything you all are doing is awesome. So um, best of luck. We will certainly talk soon. Cool. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate right. the time. Thank you. Bye.